0: For our sponsor, Dog Overboard Adamstown, the fun and healthy place for dogs. Pet Chat on your pet-friendly radio station, 2 in your RFM, 103.7. Hello,
1: hello. It is Sarah back and I haven't turned my microphone on. That sounds a little bit better, doesn't it? <laughs> I've got a loud voice, but it's not that loud. Welcome back to the show, Cheryl Shaw, Dr. David Tabbert. Lovely to have Hello. you both in. Great to be here. Yep. Now, we're getting into the spirit of Anzac Day. Cheryl, you've brought me in some rosemary from your garden to wear, and you've even put a little pin with it so That's I can put it on ready for tomorrow. My... Thank mm-hmm. you. Now, look, I've noticed you're wearing a couple of brooches that are quite timely, but you've switched sides as I to have. where you
2: normally wear your brooch. I have, because there's etiquette when it comes to Anzac Day.
1: Okay, so we're talking about animals? Animals,
2: yep, and the purple poppy. Do you know about the
1: purple poppy? No, is it not good for uh, animals to ingest? Sarah
2: always goes to that poisonous (laughs) aspect. No, it's all about remembering the animals that served in the war and all Mm. about... And that's the purple poppy? purple poppy, Uh mm. wearing
1: it alongside of my Flanders poppy. Ah, beautiful. So we'll talk about that and you're going to look at that as well, are you, David, today?
0: Yes, but also a kind of a wrap-up on Easter. We talk about, you know, be aware for your pets coming up to Easter. So I thought I'd give a little rundown on what we saw mm. in the hospital.
1: Now, tomorrow, of course, in the forefront of our mind will be our fallen diggers. And later on today, we'll have a talk about the different services people can attend for Anzac Day. But, Cheryl, you've worn uh, the purple poppy today yes. to also remember the fallen animals because there was uh, millions and millions that were either put down or killed during the wars. That's right. They sacrificed their lives and um, really did play an important role.
2: The army would have been quite lost without the animals. I mean, lots of animals were used from horses. I mean, horses were used to carry food and water. They carried ammunition. They carried the soldiers. And, you know, there many, many horses um, were used th- th- through the war. Um, they. Used to often get people to surrender their horses because horses became quite valuable to them to be able to use. But many horses weren't used to the um, the harsh harsh conditions that the war presented. Camels were also used, and camels could travel long distances, and they were wonderful at, um, and quite amazing animals. The, the amount of stuff that they were able to carry. We all know the story of um, Private John Simpson and his donkey Duff, Duffy. Duffy. Duffy? Duffy it was. um, He was able, that donkey was able to carry so many soldiers up from Gallipoli that were injured, uh, hundreds and hundreds of soldiers. But donkeys were also used to help um, a lot of soldiers with um, suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. So I think that's a really interesting thing because we don't, you know, sort of remember some of those things that the animals were doing. Um, You know, they were obviously transporting, but some of the... um, the empathy that was shown from the the people to the animals was quite amazing well sometimes it was the only thing they mm. had to hold on to mm. was that connection with yeah for the comfort yeah. and support mm-hmm. um obviously my favorite animal is a dog but the dogs played an important role i mean you know lots of dogs were doing things that sensing and smelling out um, bombs, um, going through and and approaching, um, you know, if there was somebody coming, they would be alerting the soldiers that there was enemy coming forward. Um, They laid telegraph wires. They did so many things. Uh, They... Also helped in the trenches, catching mice and catching rats, which was, you know, a really big problem during the war because obviously disease is carried with these animals. So we need to also just remember that those um, dogs offered a lot of comfort and a lot of support. Sarah and David, have you heard of the Mercy Dogs?
0: Uh, no, I have not. No. Yeah. yeah.
2: They performed amazing tasks at, at the end of the soldiers' lives. Quite often when soldiers were dying, they would leave a dog alongside of the, the soldier for comfort and wow. support. Yeah. And I just yeah. think oh. that is just a, a very, very sad situation that, you know, the dog had to, to play that role. So they were known as
1: mercy dogs. But it shows our bond with dogs. Oh, and absolutely. So were they predominantly used
2: in World War Two or World War I or both? They've been used in both and they still use today. Dogs are still, you know, through the wars yeah, in yeah, Afghanistan, okay. yeah, and mm. you know they do a wonderful job at, at <coughs> detecting bombs and, um, yeah, just amazing to think what these dogs can do. And a lot of a lot of dogs in this day and age are actually trained, but back then they weren't necessarily all trained. These were dogs that were just surrendered, or and again, a lot of soldiers found animals and kept them. Mm. So they would keep them for, you know, to, to sort of lift morale a lot and um, just to have something to to love and to to try to give some comfort And, and and you know the Australian War Memorial has a lot of different pictures of animals everything that was kept from you know roosters to to cockatoos to to different animals the other thing that um, we sort of have to remember, too, is the birds. birds I was going played. to say birds played such a yeah, huge role. You, you don't want to be a bird. No. Well, you know, the carrier pigeons, they just were able to take messages for, over such long distances and, and, you know, did play a very important role. The interesting thing about pigeons is that they can fly about a, uh, about a mile a, um, a minute and so it really um, you can travel very long distances. If you think about in an hour just how far they can fly, but they mm. can't fly at night. So they had to fly just during the day. Oh. So pigeons, yeah, they're still used today as well. Canaries were another bird that was used. Um, Didn't on, they test the tunnels? and Yeah, for the gases. Yes. I mean, my bird would just whistle his way out. He wouldn't um, wouldn't really sort of, I don't think, <laughs> pay any attention to gas. He'd just be whistling and drop dead. But um, one of the things that they also used, there's the creepy crawly little slugs because slugs were able to indicate if there are even the smallest traces of mustard gas. So... Yeah, really? Yeah. So do they just shrivel up and die? They, they just start reacting. They show their discomfort so they know immediately to wow. put the gas mask on. And gas masks were also used on dogs. I mean, some mm. of the pictures mm, of the gas yes. masks are being fitted to the dogs. But, yeah, they, those little slugs would help people know that there was, um, the gas was around. That's amazing.
0: Wow. Yeah. I did, I did not know about the slugs. I didn't
1: know about the Yeah, And other.
2: cats. I mean, cats were used. Yes, cats were very... Lots on ships and things like that. Again, keeping Those away our rats. Yeah, rats. yeah, rats.
0: And, and uh, Cheryl, I believe that also a lot of the, the animals that did go over there were like mascots for the regiments and the, um, you know, army companies and things like that. So there was like the you know cats but there were also things like owls yeah
2: and and, monkeys. and the monkeys yeah and bears because these all became the mascots mm. towards you know helping them keep their morale up keeping those spirits really lifted because these guys were going through so much hard time but also i think there's back into it you know not even the animals that are serving just the animals that are giving comfort is something that we
1: need to mm. to remember yeah the other one Cheryl elephants used to construct Yes, um, the rails and the roads and that sort of thing, didn't they? During yeah, the wars, they did. But you know, we
2: we can even look at um, whales and dolphins and seals. They were used as well, not to you know defend the world, but they used the oil to. Um, to um, oil and grease their um, ammunition and their guns and things. So I think that's an interesting one. But also the glycerine from the fat from the animals was used to make bombs. So, again, we've got all of these animals playing a huge part in that combat that was happening. Yeah, And so many animals died, I mean, you know, from wounds, starvation, thirst, you know, and disease. I mean, disease was a pretty big thing. So, you know, all in all, I think we do need to remember, you know, those diggers, all those that fought for us, but the animals as well. So, yeah.
0: And there is actually a national day for um, war animals, which is only started this year, 24th of February.
2: Okay.
0: So you'll need to break out the purple poppy. Uh, no! Lots to remember
1: Again. for mm. war. And, of course, later on, I did mention, we will be uh, thinking about <clears> our diggers, of course, and um, we'll be talking about some services that you can attend tomorrow to, to pay your respects. It's 25 past 12. We are talking Pet Chat. Guess what? We've got a free line just for you, 49216216. Next, we'll be talking about the aftermath of Easter. I need a slap on the hand. Uh, if you've said it once, you've said mm. it a 1,000 times chocolate at easter keep it away from your dogs yeah i've walked down the stairs and dizzy's <sighs> munched an entire little oh just a little chocolate but foil and all in his bed i thought oh no
0: surprised there was any left me too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky he got it the night before the kids woke up ah, because, you know, mummy had to help out. Mm. Sure. Now, yesterday I was giving Gizzy a pat and I've discovered something which I probably need to get checked out, um, but I thought I'd ask you today as well. I was feeling him and underneath his left front arm I felt a mass. Mm. Um, it, it was, you know, quite sizable. I'd say probably... Oh, I don't know, a third of a tennis ball.
0: Oh, my oh goodness. Wow.
1: And it's floating. Was it you, sore? No. No. It didn't seem to affect him, and you could certainly move it around. It was floating. How old's Gizmo? Gizmo is 14.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Is this an old man mass? I mean, obviously, I'm going to get it looked at anyway, but
0: how um, concerned should I be here? Well, in that area is um, lymph nodes, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, could indicate uh, that the lymph nodes drain fluid and tissue fluid and so on from the leg and so if there's a problem in the leg somewhere it can end up in that lymph node you can also get um, other problems in the lymph node i guess tumors have to be a consideration Mm -hmm. and i'd be feeling around elsewhere as well Uh, but also in older dogs from middle age on we do see lipomas and other um, benign mm-hmm. tumors and so on under the skin. Okay, so it could be one of a number of things. Usually, depending on the examination, you know, if we found other masses, um, that would be more concerning. But if it's a solitary mass, then in most cases, what the vet would need to do is to put a needle into that mass, do a
1: little biopsy.
0: Yeah, take some cells out and have a look at it under the microscope. Yep, and just see if that gives an indication of what it might be.
1: Okay, so
0: hopefully nothing too yeah, bad. But yeah. That's a really good point, though, that you say, you know, that having a feel over your dog Yes. from time to time. Yep,
1: I certainly haven't felt any more, but I was surprised it was as big as it was Mm. because I thought I would have felt it
0: earlier. Well, they can. I mean, masses can... Depending on the cause, can swell up pretty quickly. Mm,
1: okay, all right. Well, obviously, I'll get him checked. I'll keep you posted, but fingers crossed that um, yes. you know right. something he can be fixed quite mm-hmm. easily. Now, I believe we've got David back from Western. You've got a female pup, and a question for Dr. David Tabret about your pup.
3: Yeah, good day, uh, Dr. David. Um, I've got a nine-month-old. Um, she's a, a bit of basically a um, Collie Kelpie Blue Heeler cross. Yep, and she's a food vacuum normally, and uh, she's been she's had every month her next guard Spectra. She's due today, and she just refuses to take it. But every other time, she's just absolutely gobbled it up. Mm. I've offered it to her about six or seven times, and she just sniffs it and
0: doesn't want to know about it. So we've got to make it worth her while to take it. That's going to be the secret.
1: I hide mine in cheese.
0: I, I was going maybe some of that. Um, brie that Mark oh, Rourke yeah. was eating oh, that earlier. that would stick
1: nicely to the sides. Yeah, there
0: wouldn't be much brie left at my house, though. <laughs> but um, I, I think that's going to be the secret. Now, there's one other thing I would mention to you, David, too, is do you have food down all the time for this, this little one? No. no. Oh, I good.
3: Feed her, I feed her usually morning and night, um, yep. dry kibble, sometimes with a bit of sardines or tuna, and she gets um, chicken legs, bones... Um, she chewed
0: up one of those hard um, lamb ears this morning. Okay, so she's a pretty, pretty good eater anyway. Um, the reason I ask about if you've got food down all the time, sometimes dogs will refuse these pills and so on because they figure, eh, you know, I can just get a treat over here. I don't need to take anything from you. So um, if you're not doing that, which is good, and I would s- suggest you're, you're on the right track there, is that um, we could probably use, a like Sarah was saying, some cheese, some butter, I use butter for my dog oh,
3: to try I and get butter or uh,
0: some mince meat yeah. wrapped around the pill, um, or you chop the pill up and mix it into a small bowl of food, and you feed that just before dinner time so yeah, it 's
3: amazing because normally she she can 't wait to get at them yes. um, that 's the other thing um, I taught her very early she won 't eat till I tell her to. Um, I put her food down and just tell her, wait, and I can, wow. I can walk away for 10 minutes and she won't touch it till I say eat. Oh, she's a good girl. But, uh, but I've been offering her the pill this morning and or the tablet and saying, um, eat, but she just she just looks at it and says, no, I don't want it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would probably up the reward here and make it clear that there's a reward coming after she takes the pill or, as I said, maybe uh, wrapping the, the pill in something so that she will just demolish it for you and probably do it closer to dinner time so that she's got more of an appetite and she really wants to get to her dinner.
3: Okay, um, well, I'll go to search the cheese drawer in the fridge.
0: <laughs> Good on you. Thanks, David. I reckon
1: the cheese works every time and mm. it sticks to the the pill as well because I yep. find it really hard. Sometimes I wrap it in ham, but they unwrap some it. Some
0: people use Vegemite. Um, mm. We have seen peanut butter in the past, but you need to be careful and check the ingredients. Yeah. Uh, some peanut butters contain a substance called xylitol, which is uh, toxic to dogs.
1: Thank you for waiting, Bev, from Ashton Field. Now, a question for Cheryl Shaw. You're having some trouble cutting your dog's claws here.
3: Yeah, that's right. She bites and squeals every time we um, try to cut them. Bev, what
2: breed of dog is it? chihuahua a chihuahua okay okay so sometimes they are a little bit precious and it is important that the nails are cut um sometimes it's better to get somebody else to do it for you because often they pick up that you are feeling anxious about doing the nail what do you yeah, think about
3: usually take them to the vet. yep yeah
0: does she play up at the vet as well
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. They've
0: got to put a little muzzle on them. Yeah, and look, the muzzle doesn't re- kind of reduce the anxiety, but it gets the job done. Uh, and safely. so, the, yeah, yeah, it gets the job done safely. But the problem is that this every time you go in and get that done, we're just reinforcing that this is a traumatic experience, and this actually ne- then morphs into something which you can work on with behavioural modification therapy. And I find some dogs you know, you get them and even just holding their paw is when they start screaming.
2: Yeah, uh, particularly if they've had a bleed, mm. you'll often feel a dog pull its paw back if it's had a bleed and that quick. So w- another way to go about it, Bev, that might help you at home is just getting an emery board and trying to very carefully um, oh, yeah. see if you can use the emery board just to file a little bit away at a time. And if you can do that over a period of time, she'll get used to having her toenails touched and yep. that, that can often help. But um, there are little... Um, Um, battery operated files you can get like little emery boards you can use on yourself you can also use those on the dog just to help file them back a bit so she's not really reacting to the um, the actual cutting and some dogs don't like the sound of their nails being cut it's not just the physical thing it's the sound so um, there's a, a way that some people desensitize dogs when they're having their nails cut they actually get a skewer wooden skewer and they cut the wooden skewer or toothpick near the dog's foot but they don't touch the dog's foot it's just making that sound that the dogs for some dogs just don't like the sound of that
0: but i think i think also what i would suggest cheryl too with this is say you do the toothpick or the skewer is that when the dog you want the dog to remain calm when the clippers the nail clippers scissors come out give the dog a treat yes when you cut the when you cut the the skewer If the dog remains calm, give the dog a treat. Now, you might have to do that from a distance and then get closer. Yeah. And every time the dog is calm, she gets a treat. And so you get to the point where then you can pick up the foot, she gets a treat. You then bring the the clippers and hold them next to her foot, she gets a treat. Yeah. So make them really small, obviously. And then maybe that's as far as you go today. And if she starts to get anxious at all, you stop. Maybe you come back half an hour or the next day. And just gradually work up to the point where she can let you cut one nail, and she's fine. She gets a treat, and then you might want to back off. And so it can take a long time, and that's why when you get to the stage where you've got to go into the vet clinic, they they're right, you know, they they just want to get it done for you and for her. So um, it's it's a behavioural modification using this food as a conditioning tool, um, and then the ideas that Cheryl's given you are. You know about maybe a safer way to getting it done. Yeah, with but the Emery definitely trying
2: the, trying the little file would be a good way mm. to do it. And the thing is, with chihuahuas' toenails, they grow very quickly, so it's something you're going to need to be yes. doing regularly.
0: Yeah, and yeah. Can I can I actually make a confession here? What's is that? that I had a chihuahua once that was really upset. This is a long time ago. <laughs> really, really upset, and actually held his breath and oh, no. like to get his nails cut, and. um his heart stopped.
2: Oh, wow. Are oh, you yeah. kidding? We got
0: him back. Mm.
2: Mm. We got
0: him back. But this was, and that, that was kind of, okay, look, we we have to back home, obviously. Mm. Um, but I, th- that scared the living daylights out of me.
3: Yeah. Wow.
1: wow. I can't Ooh, believe wow. that they will do that. Stop there. Well, they just, yeah, they were
0: that that scared. And I think this is one of the other things, too, is that a lot of people are, oh, they've just got to get their nails cut. How hard can it be? For some dogs, it is so traumatic.
3: Okay. Yeah.
0: And I've had a lot of dogs where the owners say, uh, you know, they're in for a dental or some other surgical procedure, cut their nails while they're under because there's no way we can get it done any other time. So. You Something know.
1: to be mindful of. It's mm. interesting. 49216216 is our number if you've got a question today. We had David uh, from Western on the phone a few minutes ago. Now, his little pup who normally loves uh, taking his tick and flea treatment has just stopped taking it, and he was asking for some suggestions. Now, you suggested Bree. Uh, Dr. David Tabret. I suggested yes. cheese in I, general. Some
0: cheese, yes. Well, <laughs> David
1: has called back uh, to report that the brie worked a treat. His dog is now at the back door, licking his lips <laughs> after successfully taking the worm tablet. It was a worm tablet, rather. So, how good's that?
0: I'm I'm, I'm kind of torn. Why? Well, I'm happy we got the tablet in, but. The brie. That's a
1: It's a waste of a brie, is that what you're saying?
2: No,
0: look, I sure love that. Just just, Surely
2: David's having some brie now and a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> to congratulate really
0: him, <laughs> congratulate himself on having Yes. Well that's now I've now I've opened the brie, I might as well finish. Well it. that's
1: exactly what I'm doing. I'm impressed that David had the brie in the fridge did ready we, to go. Did
0: we get his address? I want to go over there for lunch. <laughs>
1: call back david we want to go over we've got carol on the line from wards river now you've got a comment or a question about clipping dogs nails
3: yeah i've
0: got a hi guys how are we hello
3: carol how are you
0: good so what have you what have you got a secret
3: well i've just bought the secret it's called poor perfect from Danos direct oh okay and they've got a little video that you can watch as well.
0: So what does Paw Perfect do? How do you work that?
3: Well, it looks like a file that spins around. Ah. There's no clipping involved. There you go. Yeah. And when, when you watch the little video of the dogs, you see the dogs freaking out to start with, getting their nails clipped. And then you just see them sitting there. The owner is just holding their paw and filing their nails down. It shows you how it works. Right. And um, the dogs don't make a fuss and don't stress
0: out. Now the big so I bought one. <laughs> the, big, the big question, though, Carol, you've watched the video. You've got it. Have you, you used it. it? Yeah. Well, I've
3: only disordered it. It's going to
0: take a couple of weeks uh, to get you. <laughs> I, w- I want you to give us a call yeah, back in a couple of weeks and let us know. It. Yes. Okay,
3: because, I will. <laughs> yeah,
0: Cheryl talked about these and said, you know, sometimes the noise can be a little disturbing to the dogs as well. Um, so you might need to use a few treats to get in comfy. But I'd be really keen to hear what happens for you. And hopefully it's a good news story.
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, think, I think my dog will be fine because she does freak out with the nail clippers. Even when she sees it in my hand, she takes off.
0: Yeah, that's... And, that's, uh, um, yeah, it's, um,
3: it's, it's really stressful a It's a
0: common, common problem for a lot of people. And I think whatever we can do to make it easier for you and for them, uh, yeah. you know, we'll go with that. So... Keep in touch. Let us know how you get on. Hopefully it'll uh, be a good result and you don't end up with blood and (laughs) (laughs) dog everywhere. (laughs) I told you I've been there. It's not...
1: It, it, it might be... turn out, you know, you see those infomercials with, you know, like the Remingtons that do the legs and they're meant to just pull the hair out. Oh, and it they're terrible. Like, the I don't flight. like them at all. Oh, <laughs> the t- you don't like it at all? Your hair's a bit Not
0: thick. the Remington.
1: Oh, I tell you what, the first time I tried it, <laughs> I was in agony. I thought, you're lying. You're sitting there smiling. It's like a breeze. No, it was torture.
0: Yeah. You Now, Sarah, that astounds me because you work in media and we all know that it's all smoke and mirrors.
1: Oh, look, I'm a sucker for a late-night infomercial. If it pops up, mm. I'm very susceptible mm. to purchasing things late at night because I don't have my full sanity there, clearly. <laughs> I'm half unconscious and the things that have arrived, I thought, oh, my God. <laughs> Outrage. All right. <laughs> yes, I know. 49216216 is our number. We are talking Pet Chat. Now, David, you said that you were going to discuss a little mm-hmm. bit of the uh, Easter aftermath. We
0: always want to give a warning before Easter mm. to keep chocolates away from your pets and a few other things we've got to be worried about. Yes. Um, and uh, as Cheryl said to me just before, there are still chocolates around the house. I don't know what house she's living in. But. <laughs> So apparently most people have still got chocolates by Wednesday after Easter. And so you do have to be aware to keep your pets away from them. But I think it's getting through to most people, Cheryl. I think the message is getting through because in our hospital over (laughs) Easter, we saw less dogs with chocolate toxicity than we did a year ago. Um, If only we could reach everyone with this message.
2: Well, we try hard.
0: I know. Is there anyone else who we think... We haven't reached with this message. Anyone in the room?
1: Um, I'm hanging in the my studio. head here in shame because mm. I've I've heard this, Sarah, for years and what years. Happened? Well, you know, I hear you talk about uh, chocolate toxicity. I hear you talking about mm. how careful you've got to be when you it comes could almost to give the
0: talk yourself. I could you? do the talk, yes.
1: and in the back of my mind, I've always gone. <laughs> Gizzy's not interested. He's never been interested. Mm. So, you know, on, on the night before Easter I've, you know, got my little glass of scotch out, the bunny is on and I'm ready to <laughs> put out the little chalky eggs and off I go, the trail, and I'm up the stairs.
0: This is a fascinating Easter bunny story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've come back and lo and behold, there's definitely an egg missing, a little egg, and there's Gizzy in his bed oh, munching away. There's nothing lips. left but the foil, the the whole leg. I don't know if it was a Malteser egg he's gotten or a caramel, but
0: now is this the little the a little, little ones? The little ones. Okay, yeah. so I've got out my chocolate calculator.
1: Oh, good, good. Well, he's still so with us.
0: How have, he's, he's still with us? He's four point eight kilograms. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. And you said one of those little eggs, which we estimated, is about five grams.
1: I reckon. If let's
0: that. call it that. Yeah. Okay, so that works out, and I type in here milk chocolate. So yeah. his total dose of toxin was two milligrams per kilo, uh, and if it's over twenty then he's in trouble.
1: Oh, phew. Oh, just so as well as the
0: Look, I'm not suggesting you go home and give him another nine eggs, uh, eight more eggs. Yeah. But... Uh, he's going
1: to make... What about the foil? Do they just... They yeah. pass that in time? We'll pass like, that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If he'd had dark chocolate, uh, yeah, it doubles... Yeah, that's what I worry it, about. Yeah, it's two and a half times the amount. And if he'd had, let's say, dry cocoa powder... Ooh, if, you give, if he'd had the same amount of dry cocoa powder, which would be about a teaspoon... Then um, that's getting up towards a toxic dose. Wow. Wow. Okay. So it doesn't take much, particularly in small dogs, to eat chocolate.
1: To God cause we toxicity. like the milk chocolate and not the dark. Yeah. But mm. it just shows, it honestly does show because for years I've thought look, he's just never been interested. I've always watched him, you're not interested, but yeah, he just mm. he just felt like one egg that night. So obviously we um had to shut the door, he sleeps with me, so he wasn't getting out of the room mm. that night. But yeah, I just thought, wow, for all the messages I should be the person oh, it that it knows happen. it.
0: It happens so easy. Mm. And you know, I don't think anybody's out there laying chocolate out for their dog but dogs are pretty clever they'll smell it out yeah,
1: certainly uh, particularly those breeds that just are really driven by food i'm lucky <laughs> in that he normally isn't but there are dogs out there yeah. breeds that just live for it don't that they he
0: stopped at one
1: yeah exactly mm.
0: so exactly. that's good
1: yeah so but you didn't see too many issues no over look the um,
0: well i'll tell you what we did see dog dogs with dog bite wounds have been in fights so i think we've had great weather right yes mm. Um, and I know we had some showers through last week, but we 've had great weather, and so I think this kind of late warm weather means people are still out and about, uh, and uh, so dogs come across other dogs and we get some dog dog fights so uh, you 've been
1: seeing a lot of the people getting injured or just yeah that 's happened d- yeah, as well where yeah.
0: you know what happens is they drop the dog off at the vet hospital and then keep going up to the John Hunter. It's interesting that is that they drop the dog off first and then go to the
1: <laughs> then go help themselves,
0: <laughs> not the other way around. <laughs> that's but funny. Um, yeah, that's uh, hopefully we we can try and avoid those problems as well.
1: And, and what is the best thing to do? Because it's funny you mentioned that um, I attended a wedding on the weekend and uh, one of my second cousins got to go because the person that was originally invited had an incident where they tried to break up their two dogs. Fighting mm, mm. and had very, very seriously injured. You know, chunk out of their cheek, and oh, you dear. know, had <sighs> skin grafts, and oh. so they've gone in to break up the two dogs, thinking, well, they're our dogs. But obviously, you never do that. What should they do? They get the hose on them. What's the best way to do this without getting yourself in hospital? Which happened to mm. him and his son. The two ended up in hospital.
0: So, first of all, if they're on a lead, obviously that helps. Uh, if they're not on a they lead, they're in the backyard. No, trying to attach a lead can be difficult and the reason is that dogs in that state are hyper excited mm. and they will just whip around and snap mm. and it's just, you know, anything that comes within their kind of They're not view. thinking, are they? No, not at They're all. They're surviving. That's exactly true. Uh, so if there's a lead on them, that helps. If not, the hose, a lot of people try h- hoses. Sometimes it works. Some Most of the time it doesn't. So
1: what should you do? Do you let them go? Um, I mean, what do you do?
0: There's... Depends on the breed, too. So some of the dogs that have got the really strong jaws,
1: it's going to be really
0: difficult. And they will stop at some stage. uh, And hopefully you can get some way. Uh, Broom handles can be good to actually wedge into the side of a dog's mouth. Yep. And that can hopefully stop them biting down any harder. But I wouldn't put my fingers anywhere near a dog in that circumstance. Mm. I wouldn't even grab them by the tail.
1: Yeah. they'll
0: just whip around so i would use a hose i would use um a a broom handle to try and Wedge into their mouth. Yeah. I don't know, Cheryl. Any... Yeah,
2: I, I certainly wouldn't um, advise never to go near dogs don't. that are fighting. You just can't afford to get bitten. You just have you, to. If you've got something bigger, you know, a garbage bin, anything that you can push against them to yes. try to separate them. But you certainly shouldn't put your body near those dogs. Okay. You know.
0: And, and just quickly is to try and prevent the incident arising. Is so be aware of the things that trigger the bites. Will be access to people. Because
1: yeah. it was a bone, I so think.
0: Access. access to to food, there you go. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Food it's oriented. always something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good Good advice. That's Pet Chat. That's just about uh, all we have time for. Cheryl Shaw, Dr. David Tabret. thank you both for thank coming you. in. Thank, thank you, Sarah.
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, wellbeing, pet care, finance, business, and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.